<clears throat> because this earth not being our home means that we are aliens and foreigners here. And so if we could, if we could really be uh, under the world's authority totally, we'd be a hunted people. We wouldn't have any peace. We wouldn't have any rest because our kingdom that we represent here is so contrary to the kingdom of this world. You can see how some of our, our, um, our long-held beliefs are being attacked uh, <clears throat> they start out very subtle, and then they get much bolder, bolder. Uh, they're very blatant, the attacks that are against our kingdom. So don't take it personally. It's only business, so to speak. You know, this is the business of kingdom warfare. And there will never be uh, a ceasefire, and there will never be a peace until the Lord comes and, and finishes everything, you know, removes us from the earth, and, and we start the millennial reign down here on earth with the Lord, and then another bout of war where the enemy is finally put down for good, for good. And so we must realize this, and, but you don't live in fear of it, but you must understand that you need a refuge, you, we, we do live in a refuge down here on earth. We do. Uh, when you live in the peace of God and when you can uh, go to sleep at night uh, with uh, good thoughts and peaceful thoughts and, and be encouraged that you're going to wake up in the morning, uh, it's because you have a refuge. It's not because of just God talked to you and told you a few things, this or that. It's because you have been hidden from the hand of the enemy you have been in a place where he can't find you the bible says that our lives are hid with christ in god so he is really a refuge for us so we we don't ever want to forget that it's not like we're scared or we're paranoid or anything but you're not down here living on your own you're not alone you're not living by your own wits or your own ideas but you are living in god you are in him in psalm 91 verse 2 it says i will say of the lord this should be your confession he is my refuge and my fortress my god in him will i trust not the doctor not the lawyer not the spouse not the children not the mom not the dad god can certainly use people to help us but your trust must be in him as your refuge that is your hiding place and also your fortress that is a strength that you can uh, be protected behind See, you have strong protection over your life because you're already hidden in God. The enemy, if he could, he'd come and pay you back for getting saved. Huh? He'd do that every day if he could. <laughs> so he's looking for us. You know, those of us who have escaped, have escaped his, his, uh, uh, his kingdom and escaped his power, uh, he's looking for us. 
That's why he's always laying snares for the righteous to see if he can get us trapped into things and see if he can get us to to getting discouraged about God and get us back over in his realm where he can have influence over us. He's, he's always tempting us, trying to get us back over to his spot. But because God is his refuge, we say God is our refuge. We claim him as our refuge. We don't we don't hide behind man-made protections. You got me? Uh, you don't need any man-made protection. Uh, you need God. You know, I was listening to that 911 call of the <clears throat> the lady they've been playing it over and over again. The woman that uh, man uh, was in her house and she and her two nine-year-old twins had escaped to this crawl space under the house and he was still after her. Well, it just happened she called the husband. The husband had told her to get the gun and, and take the gun with her. And he said, if you come in, you, if he comes in there, you shoot him. He said, you do everything I taught you to do. You shoot him. Now, see, as Christians, we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Because there's no guarantee that's going to work, is there? There are too many opportunities for the enemy to get through. A gun can jam. Anything can happen if you're relying on natural resources for divine protection. How did you get here today without a car plowing into you? Think of all the people. Huh? There's nothing you can do to stop some things. You, know, you understand? But God. See? He saw fit. He told you just like Jesus told the disciples. Let's get in the boat and go to the other side. And he meant we're going to get there. You got me? So when he tells you get up and go to church or get up and go to work or get up and go wherever you go, he means for you to get there, folks. He has it already laid out how you're going to get there. And so when we understand these things, we have been hidden or taken in by God as our refuge. So the word here for refuge really means to take in. He took us in. When we were wandering around in the world... Without really a home and an abiding place, God took us in. The Bible says, when my mother and father forsake me. How many orphans and kids in foster care are there? The Bible says the Lord will take me up. You don't think God's in those situations? Huh? I was I pray with Miss Clydell still on a weekly basis, and she <clears throat> takes in little babies in foster care. And um, you know, we pray over them. We make sure that if they're sick, they get attention. They get see. God will do that for all of them. There is some sovereign activity of God to help all orphans, everybody who's been abandoned by parents. God takes them in. He makes provision for them. And so even when we see bad things happen, if you watch that life, if they'll have a, an opportunity to turn to God, he's made provision for them to stay alive at least until they get an opportunity to say yes to him, which is the ultimate salvation. Amen. And so God has a, a way to take care of those who have been abandoned, who have been rejected, but he also takes care of his own people because we are down here in a hostile environment on planet Earth. And we're in a hostile system on planet Earth. And we need him as our refuge. So really saying God is my refuge is not so much a sign of weakness on our part. Or, you know, it's, well, I'm, I'm using my authority and I pray a lot and I do this and I do that. I mean, that's all fine. 
but you still need the supernatural taking in of God where you know his protection, you know his direction, you know his covering, you know all of those things. So we can relax in that. We can rest in that. Knowing that the major work of keeping us alive is being done by him. And we're just doing our minor part to cooperate with what he's already got provided for us. The word refuge really refers to uh, an asylum as in a receptacle. Or a place where you can be deposited for safekeeping. So we're deposited in God for safekeeping. The concept of the refuge dates back to the, the law of Moses. The first law that God gave man. And it's in Numbers I think it's Numbers 35. I'll turn there and read you a little bit. So you get an idea of what God had in mind when he provided a refuge for his people. Of course we know that God provided worship as a way of contacting him. But then there were extenuating circumstances at times where people needed something uh, his people needed something over and above their normal life. You know, if you were a normal Hebrew, uh, you had property, you had land, you had a worship center, you could contact God, you had laws that provided for everything that you needed because God was also your king and your ruler. And so he provided everything in his word that his people would need. But then there were some extenuating circumstances some kind of unique circumstances where you see people might fall through the cracks. And so God provided cities of refuge for people who fell into certain situations and certain circumstances. And I like to think of us as falling into that circumstance, into needing a city of refuge. Because we have fled from the world system and we're refugees from the world. But we need to have a place where we can live comfortably, where we can have the lifestyle that God provides for us, where we can obey him, where we can participate in the God life down here on earth without being disturbed and without being arrested and without being put upon by those who would try and and, uh, deter us from being obedient to God. So when I was reading about the cities of refuge, I said, you know, there's a lot of similarities between that and the way we live down here on earth. You know, so in in, uh, Numbers chapter 35, I'll share with you what I was was looking at. And the Levites were uh, in charge of the cities of refuge. And you know that the Levites were the priests. And that should give you an indication of why we need a refuge. Because we're the priesthood of the Lord. And so we need a place where we can function. We need a place where we can worship God. We need a place where we can have the freedom to obey God. We need all of that. And so God's cities of refuge that he created for people in certain circumstances uh, seem to apply to me for that reason. Verse four, he said, verse three, it says, the cities they shall have to dwell in and the suburbs of them shall be for their cattle, for their goods, for all their beasts. So the Levites were really given a dual uh, place to abide that they were in charge of. They were given cities of refuge 
where the the uh, worship center was they made the sacrifices and the offerings there but also they lived apart from that work area in the suburbs where they could go and they tended their own cattle so they had a livelihood outside of the work of the priesthood kind of like we what we have we know that we reign as kings and priests down here but we also have a normal life that we live we have jobs we have families we have all the normal necessities of life but then we have this place where we can come apart and reach god and he says the suburbs verse 4 the suburbs of the cities which you shall give to the levite shall reach from the wall of the city and it gives a measurement how big it shall be God makes sure we have enough room to take care of all of our needs. Verse 6, And among the cities which you shall give to the Levites, there shall be six cities for refuge, which you shall appoint for the manslayer, that he may flee there, and to them you shall add forty and two cities. Now this city of refuge was a place where a person could escape to, if they were being hunted down because of something that they had done before they were able to get a fair trial. Hmm? Who can judge us except our God? We need a refuge because we're being hunted down by the enemy of our souls. We're being hunted down every day by the devil who wants to stop what we're doing for God, who wants to thwart God's plan in the earth, wants to steal, kill, and destroy as many as he can. If he can stop the Christian from praying, if he can stop the Christian from giving, if he can stop the Christian from going out and witnessing, then he's done his job. And so he's constantly looking for us to accuse us And to put us to death because of false accusation. Hmm? Always bringing up your past. Always telling you what you did wrong. Always telling you how to live, how not to live. All those kinds of things. So really you need a refuge from the words of the enemy. Because that's all he can ever use against you is words. So actually we're in a war of words. It's God's word against the word of the enemy. And when he comes to you, you need help to fight the effect of those words on your life. You need a refuge. You can't fight the devil on your own. Anybody here thinks that they're up against the world, the flesh, and the devil, or is me and you against the world, that kind of nonsense that people think. You're, you're really not seeing things clearly. You have such protection over you. There are words that would try and come to you but angels of God intercept words do you know people can't say anything they want to say to you now you may think that you may think that's not true but that's very true when the Bible says the shield of faith will quench the fiery darts of the enemy what do you think is happening? You're believing God is your protection. Somebody is sending an evil report or an evil word against you in the angels of God. <laughs> Put it away. So you can't have it. I was, I was married about 
20 years. And I got some news that was very painful to me about my husband. And in my seeking God for healing, he told me this and he showed me this. He said, there were many people wanting to give you that news years ago. Hmm? He said, that news was supposed to come to you 20 years ago. Which meant I wouldn't have married him. I wouldn't have done many of the things that God has had me to do. And God said, but I put that news off until a time where you could handle it and I could heal you from it. Huh? That's why it's not wise to go looking for information about things. Let God bring stuff to you. Let him bring it to you. Let him... But I'm telling you, words are intercepted so they don't get our ears many times. huh? You need to be thankful. Because many times we think we have it so hard and people don't talk right to us and people don't treat us right and all. But honey, it could always be worse. You think of every time you use your faith as God for a shield and a, and a buckler that those words don't come to you. Suppose people could say anything that you, you couldn't handle it. You look at people in the world that jump off a bridge because somebody at school said something mean to them. And there have been bullies in school ever since they've been people. But you see what I'm saying? That nowadays people are so fragile they can't handle. Huh? You know what, what we used to do with bullies? You just told them you had, if you had, had didn't have one or had one, you told them you was going to go home and tell your big brother. And you stood up to them because we had an integrity on the inside of us that made us feel that we were valuable. And there was somebody there to defend us even if there wasn't. Nowadays people don't have that. See the enemy has really stripped them of, of their sense of worth even in the womb before they get here many of them. Because they're born in such confused circumstances. You get in a household where it's four kids and all y'all got a different daddy and you don't know who coming to visit and you don't know and there's no real daddy nowhere and nobody you can rely on. And you tell me your mind isn't fragile and damaged just from the way you got here. But God. But God. See, people are going to have to adopt God in a big way. And get to understand that he is there for them. Even while you are a sinner, God will protect you from the onslaught of the enemy. Mm-hmm. A lot of times words will put you under. Mm-hmm. And when God told me that, I counted back the days <coughs> or the years when he was talking to me about it, and it was during the time of my nervous breakdown. You got me? It came back again to send those words to me. And the angel of the Lord intercepted them. You got me? Sometimes truth has to be told, period. 
But I'm telling you, if it has to be told, God will reserve it for a time when he knows that you're strong enough to heal it, to hear it. You got me? And to go to him for healing so it doesn't devastate you. He is your refuge. He is your refuge, folks. He is your refuge. You have great divine protection. <clears throat> so the cities of refuge, verse 7 says the manslayer will not be able, the person who kills somebody unawares, that's what this is talking about when it says manslayer, he can go there and flee. A guilty person can flee there. And he says you'll give them 40 and two cities for this purpose. So all the cities which you shall give to the Levites shall be 48 and you shall give with their suburbs and the cities which you shall give shall be for a possession of the children of, of, of Israel. From them that have many, you shall give many. From them that have few, give few. Everyone shall give of the cities of the Levites according to his inheritance and so forth. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, verse 10, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you become over Jordan into the land of Canaan, you shall appoint these cities over there as well. And they shall be unto you cities for refuge from the avenger that the manslayer die not. So really these cities, when, when somebody committed murder, they were pursued by the person who could avenge that murder. It might be a family member. It might be someone like that. But vengeance was common in those days. Even though the Israelite had laws and had protection, all that kind of stuff, you had to make sure you could get back under your law so that you could be justly judged according to your deeds the manslayer could catch up with you and avenge that blood that was shed before you had an opportunity to be heard as to what were the circumstances of that crime see there are times when the enemy feels that he has so much on us That he wants to take you to the mat. He wants to accuse you. He wants to put you down. He wants to avenge you. He wants to do whatever he can to you. But God is your refuge. He won't let the words of the enemy come in and penetrate you and kill what he's put on the inside of you. He won't do that. He won't let you have that happen. (laughs) Amen. So the way this, this system worked was this. He says that he shall be to you cities for refuge from the avenger that the manslayer die not until he stand before the congregation in judgment. In other words, until you stand before a just God, the devil can't do anything to you. So God gives you an opportunity to come to him in repentance and come to him in forgiveness so that the, the things that you do wrong don't bear fruit in your life. He's your refuge from you. Huh? He's your refuge from you. From the torment that the enemy puts you under. Because of what you do and you make missteps and you maybe just don't tie one arm one day and just decide you ain't reading your Bible. You ain't doing nothing. You're mad at God because he didn't give you something yet. Huh? And then the enemy gets in there and starts beating you up about it. Well, see, if you'd be doing your Bible, if you'd be reading your word... You wouldn't have this going on if you be doing what you're supposed to do. You have well, God had gives you an opportunity. He protects you 
from the validity of those words and he will help you to understand that all you've done here is you've made a mistake and you need to repent and get back under here under your refuge where the words of the enemy have no effect on you. You ever realize that when you do something wrong until you repent all that that stuff that goes on in your mind seems very real to you? Mm Hmm? It seems legitimate and logical. You think, well, well, what did I do wrong? It's just taking too long for I must have missed God somewhere. I must have done something. And then the enemy feeds it. Yeah, you see, well, you see, you were supposed to get up at 4.30 every morning and pray for two hours. Why you told God that lie, I don't know. But see, condemnation will make us overpromise what we are supposed to do. All God wants you to do is keep believing him. He doesn't care if it takes you four hours, 20 minutes, 30 seconds, whatever it takes you to get in faith. He just wants you to stay in faith believing him. The enemy is the one that wants you to do all these hours and legalism and you know works and all that kind of stuff to see if you can earn God's favor and earn his blessing. And so you need a refuge from that nonsense. You need a place where you can go so that the enemy's words, you can laugh them off and they don't make sense to you. You say, now wait a minute. God lives in me all the time. If I was doing something so wrong, he would have told me by now. See, I've been open to hear from God. And if there's something that needs correcting, he will tell me first. Devil, you stop talking to me because I know there's nothing I need to add on top of believing God so that I can receive what I need from God. So these cities of refuge were set up so that you could have a fair and a just hearing from holy, righteous people who knew God's law and could carry out God's law on your behalf and not just attack you at will because they feel they have something against you or have something on you. That's the devil. He he thinks he can attack us at will because he's got something on us. Look at what you did wrong. And they just want to just hammer you with it and pour it on and beat you down with it. So that you never have the courage to get up again and want to serve God. What he likes is for you to feel good getting beat up. So that he can get you out and make you do something worse the next time. See what I'm saying? That's what legalism does to you. So when God is your refuge and you can run to him and you can abide in him, you can stand protected from these problems and from these things. So the city of refuge kept the person who had actually committed murder protected until he got a fair trial. Kind of like our court system is supposed to to work here. Back in the Old West, they had the vigilante system. If somebody said they saw you do something, people would deputize each other and go find you and string you up and you never got a a fair trial. Or they would hire a judge that was under the control of men, hanging judges, and so they would just drag you before that judge as a formality and you never got a fair hearing. But because God is your refuge, you always have a fair hearing from him. He's the only one who ever judges over your life. He's the only one who can approve or disapprove over anything that you do. It doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter what man thinks. It doesn't matter what man says. God is the only one who can judge over your life. And he will protect you 
from the words of the enemy, from the words of people, from the accusation of people, if you will stay under him and stay under the refuge that God has provided for you. So even a person that was guilty of murder had a right to a fair trial and they could stay there and be uh, protected. And it says here in verse 15, six cities shall be a refuge for both the children of Israel and for the stranger and for the sojourner among them. So this was included, other people that were close to believers were included under this. This is why you can intercede for people. This is your permission to intercede and intervene on behalf of other people who don't know God. It says, and if he, uh, he says here, for the sojourner among them, that everyone that kills any person unawares may flee there. And if he smite him with an instrument of iron so that he die, he is a murderer. That murder shall surely be put to death. So God will hide you there until it's judged whether you're guilty or innocent. It says if he smite him with a throwing stone where he die, he is a murderer, etc., etc. If he, in the avenger of blood, will, will slay the murderer when he meets him, he shall slay him. If he thrust him of hatred or hurl him by the laying of weight that he die, or in enmity or strife and hit him with his hand so that he dies, he is guilty of murder and the revenger of blood. But if he thrust him suddenly without anger, in other words, an accidental homicide, or have cast upon him anything without lying in wait, or with any stone wherewith a man die, seeing him not, and cast it upon him that he die, and he was not his enemy, neither sought him harm, then the congregation shall judge between the slayer and the revenger of blood according to these judgments, and the congregation shall deliver the slayer out of the hand of the revenger of blood, and the congregation shall restore him to the city of his refuge, where he fled, and he shall abide there until the death of the high priest, which is anointed with the holy oil. So there was a protection even for people in extreme cases. If they were found innocent, they were let go. That's you and me. We're found innocent of all sins, all transgressions, all charges. That's why God is our refuge. That's why he protects you no matter what. Because the blood of Jesus has paid for all of your sins, transgressions, all of your evil deeds, all of your slipped words, all of your anything that you've done wrong. You are an innocent person as far as God is concerned. If you will acknowledge your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But that doesn't stop the devil from accusing you. It doesn't stop him from pursuing you. Because the manslayer, the, the avenger of blood was always there trying to collect and get the manslayer and carry out vengeance against him. And so that's why we need a refuge, folks. Because we have fled from the wrath of the world to come. We've been smart enough to receive God and receive the new birth. And just like the, the manslayer, we have had sin in our lives. We have had a past where we did transgress God's law. And so the enemy is able to feed on that and try to bring us back into understanding that. So then he pursues us to see if he can make life uncomfortable for us. 
Now he can sometimes trip you up and keep you backslidden and keep you away from God and away from God's people. But he can't keep you from God's protection and God's provision. There's always an element of divine protection even for the most disobedient people. Did you know that? God sovereignly will protect those that are in covenant with him whether we're obedient to stay in worship or stay in the right place or not. He can sovereignly move to help us because he sees our weakness. He sees us and in his mercy he wants to protect us and keep us from being devoured by the enemy. He'd rather protect a disobedient child forever than to hand you over to the devil to let the devil have his way with you. That's not allowed under God's covenant. So we have fled from this world to find a refuge in God. In Hebrews 6.18 it says that. We have fled to find a refuge in the Lord. You're not doing this by yourself. You're not doing this on your own power. You're not just some uh, person out here that's the elements are so hard against you and you've got such a hard life and, and things are, are set up against you. you. You have a place, a dwelling place in God. You know, it, I think it needs to be made more real to us. And the only person who can make it more real to you is you by believing it and, and running there and hiding there. Sometimes you need to hide from your kids, you need to hide from your husband, your boss. There's a lot of people that you need refuge from. Sometimes people in authority can can be your best friend at times and sometimes your worst enemy. And it says here in Hebrews 16, it says, By two immutable things in which was it was impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation. See, you, you're being consoled in a very strong way. Why? Because you fled for refuge in God to lay hold on the hope that is set before us. In other words, you fled from refuge from the world and from the world of sin and you run to God who is your hope and your refuge. The worse behavior we have, the more we need to cling to God. When we're at our worst, we need to seek him the most. When we fall, we need to seek him. When we disobey, we need to seek him. But instead, we try to hide from him, and he's protecting us all along. You can't get rid of him. He's already there protecting you and keeping the hand of the enemy away from you. So God had devised this system by which an innocent person could live in relative peace, safety, and comfort. He had a whole city he could live in. He could get a a family there. He could uh, grow there. He could uh, work there. He could live a normal life there, even though he was being pursued and hunted by the the, uh, avenger of blood. And that's pretty much who we are, folks. We live a pretty normal life down here on earth, even though there's an enemy out there pursuing us. And we're not even aware of it. You know why? Because we're hid from it because God's our refuge. See, he hides you from the plots of the enemy. He hides you from the plans of the enemy. He hides you. The only thing he reveals to you is what you need to do to get your victory. He doesn't tell you everything that the devil's plotting against you or your children 
or your loved ones or your finances. He doesn't need to tell you. The only thing he needs to tell you is how you're going to get your victory and you just stay on the road of faith so that you can use your faith to avoid all of these pitfalls. The only way the enemy can ensnare you is that you have to put your foot over into that snare. And even then, God will come and rescue you. All you have to do is call on the name of the Lord for your rescue. And so this refuge is allowed us because we are here to serve God. And we're here to add numbers to his kingdom. The greater your, your work for God, the greater is your protection. Amen. You'll find God will come and help you in very unusual circumstances because you're being obedient and producing for him the way you're supposed to. See, useful people are protected people. You got me? The more useful you are to God, the more protection he affords you. Why? Because of the weight of the work that you're doing for him. No? People said that when Catherine Kuhlman would walk into a, uh, she was in a, a hotel and had to go through the kitchen because of so many people that, you know, would crowd around the doors and the exits and so forth. And so they would always devise a route for her to, to get through uh, so that she could get safely without being mobbed by so many people. And as she would walk through the kitchen, they said many of the the workers and the busboys would be slain in the spirit just because when she walked there, the Holy Spirit came in there with her as a guard and a protection. You see? Even if she came through the doors where the people were, you know, he would still afford that same protection to her. But because of the weight of the responsibility that she had to see to it that she stayed in a place where God would use her to heal many, many sick people and bring many to Christ, she was afforded a great deal of protection just because of the work that she did for God. So that that goes hand in hand. The, the, the amount of protection that you get from God depends on the work you're called to do for God. Many times you, you're not even in the work yet and you're afforded uh, much divine protection. A common story with people who eventually fulfill the call of God is that there are many times they escape death as young children. Men, simply because of the enemy sees what your future is and he wants to stop that. But God has to counter that with many deliverances. He will deliver you over and over and over again. There's not too many times for God. If he delivered you once, he will do the same thing for you over and over and over again. So in Psalm 142, we have another example of God as our refuge. You getting anything out of this? Or All right. I just want to make sure. It's very important you understand who you are here on earth. You're you're not here by yourself. And you're not just waiting to see if God's going to value you. He values you greatly. In Psalm 142.5, I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. God's your refuge and your portion. That means that God is your daily bread. If you don't have anything else, you have God. And that's more than enough. See? When you cry to the Lord, you cry out to Him for whatever it is that you need. Don't try to lean on your own understanding. 
always acknowledge God for whatever need you have. You need direction. You need uh, uh, finances. You need friendship. You need companionship. You begin to cry out to God for the things that you need. And he will accomplish that. He will, he will be a friend to you. And he will bring you good friends. He'll bring you good Christian friends. <clears throat> I remember when I was first widowed and I would pray to the Lord and I said, Well, God, maybe I should have a friend, somebody I can talk to, somebody old school, you know, we can reminisce about the whatever years. I ain't going to say what they are. Somebody's writing it down. <laughs> but I was just thinking, I said, You know, I'm around young people most of the time and. You know, it's me, Gigi, and Chuck, you know. <laughs> and, you know, in missing my husband, I thought, you know, well, pray for a friend. And, and you know, it just didn't really dawn on me at the time, but uh, I started getting emails from a pastor in India, of all places. And over the years, I see that that's the answer to prayer. Now, you see, it's funny. When when the prayer gets answered, you're not aware that that's what God's doing right there. I'm thinking it'll be somebody that I know or somebody from my high school or somebody like that will pop up or, you know, but not so. God provides an answer to your prayer where he knows what your heart's crying for, not what you're familiar with. And so this gentleman, we pray for each other, and, and he writes almost every day. And he always sends scriptures that are encouraging and, and blessing. And he said, he said, oh, did you know God just favors you so much? You're his beloved and his, you know, that kind of stuff. Just wonderful, wonderful things to say to encourage somebody who needs to have a strong identity in God, you see. So God will send you exactly what you need if you'll ask for it. But sometimes you do need friends, and you do need people that you can trust and talk to and rely on. And he knows exactly what you need and exactly what he can provide for you. So there are times when we need to have uh, 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 somebody to prepare a place for us where we can dwell in safety, where we can have a normal life even with all of this going on on the outside around us. I remember so many years ago, Elizabeth Pruitt, who was a prophetess from from many years back, uh, said that she was praying to God one time and he began to show her some of the warfare that was over, say, the area where she was living. And she said that the angels were engaged continually, continually fighting on the half, behalf of the church, fighting to keep us in an atmosphere where our words would be God's words. She said he, she also saw God showed her where she had been praying for something. And as long as she prayed and, and held hold of God's word, the angel was coming toward her with it. But when she stopped and got discouraged and started to talk about how long it had been and that kind of stuff, the angel had to stand still right where he was and couldn't keep coming forward with her answer. And so these are things that we need to know. There's a behind the scenes that goes on that God totally protects us from because he has provided a resting place for us in him where we are protected from the works of darkness. Psalm 32, 7 tells us that when we have difficulty and when we're under attack and we're under pressure, 
Y'all stop hurting that baby back there. All right. It's okay. (laughs) God has a remedy for our pains and our difficult times. In verse 7, Psalm 32, verse 7, it says, You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. God preserves us from trouble. Don't ever sit around feeling sorry for yourself and tell yourself how bad you have it. You're preserved, okay? You need to thank him. It's not worse than what it is. It says here, you're my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You will compass me about with songs of deliverance. So when you're upset and you need a friend or you don't know what to do, God will sing to you. He will compassionately, that word compass means to be, uh, to give someone a strong embrace. Compassion is a strong embrace that remedies the source of your trouble. Huh? That's what compassion does. It brings your answer in a forceful way, in a compassionate way. I was thinking about that word one time about, and the word compass, compass means to surround. And so I was sitting, I think, I was trying to think who it was, was a baby, at, it might have been Jasmine, was a baby at the time, and I was sitting over uh, uh, with Pastor Shirley in her, her house, and she grabbed Jasmine, she was, Jasmine was fretful, and she grabbed her and just wrapped everything around her and began to rock her, and rocked that, that cry out of her, and she went right to sleep, see, That's the compassion of God. He surrounds you with songs of deliverance and rocks you so that the fear that was in you subsides, it goes away, and you sleep peacefully. You have total peace because God has taken that. When you are are threatened, when you are, are put down or anything like that, he will encompass you with songs of deliverance. He'll preserve you from trouble in that way. So... Sometimes we're waiting on answers to prayer and the enemy wants to to bug us about that. God provides a refuge for us. Sometimes God will bring to your remembrance. You ever you ever just are are being idle around the house and all of a sudden a song will come up on the inside of you? Maybe a, a familiar worship song. And then sometimes God will give you a new song to sing. You'll make something up you think. Well, that's not you making that up. That's God giving you a song of comfort and a song of deliverance. He really is a hiding place for us, y'all. He really is a refuge and he provides all of that for us. If we have lingering situations that don't reverse rapidly, you know how you can get discouraged about things like that. And God lets us know that he is working while we are waiting. He is yet working while we are waiting. If we need to be encouraged about that, he'll send us a word of encouragement. If you usually get your word when you come to service and you come to church, he'll provide the word there. But he's always, that's what a refuge does. It's somebody who, when your problems would try to pull you away from him, he grabs you right back again and shows you his love and shows you his care. When we're upset or we're angry about things, he feeds us the fruit of the Spirit. He gives us fruit to feed on. He'll say, don't eat of that bitterness. Don't eat of that worry. Eat of this instead. 
So God then hand feeds us like a, 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 a mother hen provides for her little chicks. He mouth feeds us his word. Just says, take this and live. Take this and be at peace. Take this and be nourished. Take this and get back in faith and get back in comfort again. So God is very, very much concerned about the comfort of his people, folks. He's concerned about the safety of his people. And he's concerned about our peace of mind. Because he has a covenant of peace with us that he will not disannul. Sometimes accusation comes toward us. When we're waiting on God's answer, we're waiting for deliverance. You ever have that happen? The devil just starts picking at you because it's been a long time. And so God then will provide an answer for us. Sometimes it will be a word that somebody says and they're not even talking about that situation. But God will put a word in someone's mouth that is close to you that will settle you down and calm you down. If you'll just think about it. So he protects us from the from the snares of the devil he protects us and the more you cling for God to God the greater protection you have don't ever set out to try and prove to God that you're uh that you deserve to to have something come into your life you know sometimes you can flip around in your thinking like that Instead of being patient and waiting and saying, I trust God, he's a good God, he's a just God, I'm not waiting in vain, I know it's going to come because God promised it to me, that kind of thing, encourage yourself in the Lord that way. Sometimes the enemy can make you think you've totally missed it. When you prayed, he didn't hear you because you weren't in faith when you prayed, you didn't believe you received when you prayed, and God will call a halt to that. He'll just make those thoughts stop sovereignly because he's your fortress he puts a wall between you and the words of the enemy so they can't tear down the rest of the little bit of faith that you're holding on to you ever feel sometimes that you're holding on by a slender thread huh god promised me something it ain't here yet i'm too old i'm getting older that kind of thing and then remarkably the next week You're back happy and joyful again and you don't even know how that happened, but you're back where you're supposed to be, huh? or sooner. Sometimes if you can just yield to God and say, God, you know, I went off the wall here. I need, you know, I recognize this myself now. And so God will come in and bring you back into remembrance because it's really faith that sustains us, folks. It's not the things that you're praying for. They will add to your life, but your life is already full in God. You know, you don't, you don't need certain things in order to be happy. You don't need certain things in order to be content. You don't need certain things in order to, uh, to feel like you're, you're worthy or you're worthwhile. They will add to your life, but you don't really need them to, to have your identity right or know who you are. We're not desperate like the people in the world are. We have a very content life in God. All the time we have contentment. Sometimes it's best if you miss certain things. huh? You know, I mean, he's a, your hiding place for some things that you miss that you think you, the devil's robbing you from them. You got me? And so we, we can rest assured that whatever God gives us is what's adequate for us. It's it's uh, uh, protection for us. We have divine protection. We have angelic protection. We have heavenly host. 
we have the the uh, uh, shield of faith that we can live behind so that when the enemy comes with us against us with words we can give him words back see that's by unction of the spirit that we're able to then defend ourselves with the word of god so the word of god then becomes another hiding place for you when you use it against the enemy to maintain your position in god sometimes the enemy is is sending us a bad report You'll start to get a report on your health. Maybe you're not feeling well and you've been to the altar a couple of times. It doesn't move and you feel to go to the doctor. He gives you a bad report. All the tests are positive. They give you a diagnosis. Well, if God is your refuge, he will let you receive all of that. And then he will get you to a place of peace where you can know it's handled, he's taken care of it, and it's handed right over to him out of your possession. He can take it from you. The Bible says himself bore our sicknesses and took our, he will take that from you. You think about it, the people that have come to to the healing schools with all of these doctor's reports and evil diagnoses how can they come in and expect God to do anything if they don't have a a sense that it's already taken from them see they're not coming in to try and get rid of it at the altar but God's already assured them that 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 illness does not belong to them that he's taken it away from them and really they're just following up on their faith for the completion of that thing So God will come and take away that which does not belong to us because it doesn't belong to us. You don't have to fight to get your healing from God. You don't have to struggle to get your mind peaceful about things. He knows what his covenant provides for you. And he himself took your infirmities. He himself bore your sicknesses and carried them away. And there will come a day where you will will come to the realization that that really does not belong to you because he took it. He lets you know he takes it and then takes it away from you. So God knows how to manifest his word. He knows how to keep us in a place of peace because he has a covenant to keep us in peace. That means the shalom of God. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Not even your mind broken. Not even your mind fragmented with worry. Everything balanced in your life. You have a good life where you can enjoy life. Even though the enemy's hard after you. The bill payers are hard after you. The manslayer's hard after you. Everything's hard after you. You can, he prepares a table in the presence of your enemies. You can sit down and eat. You can digest your food. You can go to bed and go to sleep and wake up the next day even though all of this is going on around you to take you down. Every now and then you'll get a little glimpse of something that's amiss. Just enough for you to be able to handle with the word. But believe me, God takes care of the bigger portion of it behind the scenes. We're never aware of all of the things that have come against us. Look at what the early church had to put up with. Look at what the uh, Christian churches in some of the Asian countries, especially like Korea, have to deal with. We don't get touched by any of that. Why? Because he's a refuge and a fortress for us. And he's a refuge for them too. Because they're able to joyfully serve God. They're able to serve God without 
fear and without trembling, without any of that going on in them, and they continue to serve God. They don't renounce him. Which some countries will make you renounce God if you're to save your own life. Some people have such a peace in God and know such a protection in God that they just go ahead and, and confess Christ and, and suffer their death. Why? Because they know God is a refuge. That stuff doesn't bother them. Doesn't bother them at all. It's interesting the things that you'll come up against when you really serve God and you serve him in power. And I believe that we're headed toward persecution that the church will be able to stand up against and put it down immediately. It won't keep rising up and rising up and rising up. But you've got to know God as your refuge. You've got to know that you're not out here by yourself. If you think you're out here just you and, and they can do anything they want to do to you, you will be afraid. You will be scared and you will back down. But once you understand that God's with you and he preserves your life, he protects your life, he protects what belongs to you, then no devil in hell is able to put fear in you to stop you from obeying God. Because it's in your obedience that you get the biggest strength in the Lord. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for understanding that comes with your holy word. Father, your word is holy and it's just and it's righteous. It preserves us and it protects us. And Father, I just speak your peace to every soul here. Yet let your peace just envelop every soul and every mind here. And I speak against agitation in the mind in Jesus' name. I speak against fear, upset, Father, I speak against this hurried life that people in this century tend to lead. I thank you, Father, for a peaceful life. I thank you, Lord, for greater choices for people that they will choose the way of peace and not be afraid of anything but only fear you. Father, I thank you that you give us everything that we need, including a hiding place, including a fortress. From which we can fire back at the enemy when we need to. We thank you for that Lord. Thank you Father that many of the battles that we have faced in the past have been totally cleared up by you. That that evil stands before us no longer. We thank you for that Lord. Thank you for delivering us into a greater purpose in our lives. Thank you Father for delivering us from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence Lord. Thank you for delivering us from epidemics and flus and those things. You're a refuge for us in our health. You're a refuge for us in our finances, Lord. Thank you that the enemy that would devour our finances is put to death. We thank you for that. We bless you, Lord. And we praise you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God.